Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. So today I want to talk about acceptance, acceptance of yourself, acceptance of your body, of your health, of your personal preferences, of your unique ability to do things in the way that only you can, of your pace, of your style, of your needs, and how that acceptance is absolutely nothing like stagnation. So there's this idea and people have emailed me about this idea many, many times over the course of my career, uh, to ask me essentially this question. If I accept myself, won't I just be putting a top on my success? Won't I just like, you know, if I don't, if I'm not pushing myself forward, through wanting better for myself than I have right now? Won't I just stagnate? Won't I just completely stop my forward momentum and progress? Isn't that bad? What about growing? What about doing stuff? What about succeeding? And, uh, you know, I love this question because we have this deep desire to do the things we were put on the planet to do, to show up for and be in alignment with our divine purpose, whatever that is, to, um, to do things that we care about and do them well, uh, to grow and to change and to iterate. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with any of that, <laughs> except that we're taught that the only path from here to there 
is to be disparaging of where we're at, to beat ourselves up, to judge ourselves mercilessly, to mock ourselves in public, to cut ourselves off at our knees, to, you know, really berate ourselves as this method for gearing ourselves up to take action. Like if we illuminate for ourselves how dire the circumstances, then we will be somehow inspired to move forward. And we're taught this on so many fronts, whether it comes to, you know, succeeding academically, whether it comes to working on, you can't see my air quotes, working on the project that is our body, the endless project that is our body. And the the point is, what happens is we learn to loathe ourselves. We learn that who we are and how we are is so unacceptable that we have no other choice but take action. And not only is that not the only way to move forward or to grow or to get things done in your life, but also it's abusive. It's abusive in your relationship with yourself to feel like you need to cut yourself down so far that you'll feel so badly about yourself that finally, maybe you'll take action. Imagine if that was happening to you in a relationship with somebody else. And for some of us, we don't have to imagine too hard, right? Because we've had relationships that mirror that exact process. And of course that happens for many reasons, but one of them is that that is the treatment that we expect. That is the treatment that we normalize every single day because of how we are relating to ourselves, how we have been conditioned to relate to ourselves. And that conditioning is sealed in with this like global lie, which is, this is just the way everyone feels. This is just the way everyone operates. This is just the way it is. Please hear me say that this is not just the way it is. This is not how I relate to myself. This is not how I teach my clients to be in relationship with themselves. And absolutely nothing about this has to do with stagnation. I work with enormously capable, super ambitious, phenomenally talented humans every single day. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that group, whether or not you feel like that right now, the hallmark of many of us is that we don't feel like we're contributing as much as we are. Um, but I work with people who want to do things, who want to show up for things, who care about things. And so the process of how we reimagine our relationship with ourselves has nothing to do with giving up on everything you care about and everything to do with how can I take action from a place of compassion for myself, love for myself, kindness? How can I take action from a place of really understanding what is going on in my life? So let's put this into a, let's give this a framework. So here we are, you know, on recording this seven months into 
the COVID pandemic. And 2020 has been a year. It has pushed us, tested us, stretched us, uh, overwhelmed us completely. And yet, so many of us are still judging ourselves so harshly for not having gotten enough done this year. Now, if you've been around this podcast for a while, you'll know that I always talk about how we have a finite amount of energy and we use that energy each and every day. Each and every one of us has our own individual energetic capacity, meaning no two of us have the same energetic capacity. That capacity is determined by the way that you know, we care for ourselves, certainly, but a lot of it's determined for us. You know, it has to do with our physical health. It has to do with our circumstances. It has to do with the multitude of stressors that we might have in our lives. For example, you know, somebody who's worrying constantly about whether or not their house is going to be foreclosed upon is going to have a more limited energetic capacity than somebody who has ample resources to access right? But that, even that doesn't necessarily, um, track totally because that person who has access to myriad financial resources may also be struggling with a health issue that completely limits their capacity, right? So each and every one of us, you can't tell what somebody's capacity is like based on what you know about them. It's individual to us. And so we have that finite energetic capacity each day to use however it is that we choose. Well, in 2020, we're facing things, we're facing, you know, uncertainty isn't new. A lot of the things that we're facing aren't new. And yet, there is a newness to the onslaught of how many things we are personally grappling with at every given moment. From the climate crisis to repeatedly seeing images of police brutality on the news, police violence against Black people in our country, to whether or not you're going to send your kid back to school, to whether or not you have the right mask, to all of these things, right? So our our energetic capacity, where before we may have been you know, still struggling with getting the things done that we wanted to get done. Now, every single day, a good portion of that energetic capacity is siphoned off just to exist, just to keep standing up out of bed and, or, you know, getting out of bed and, and showing up here. So when we beat ourselves up for how little we've gotten done or how distracted we are or, you know, how we're overwhelmed by the smallest thing, when we judge ourselves and we say things like, I don't know why I'm so tired or I don't know what my excuse is, we do ourselves this remarkable disservice of being in relationship with ourselves and standing by our own side. And it might be true, right? When you're coming from this perspective, it might be true that you're going to get less done in the short term. You may have to move more slowly. You may have to take more breaks. Um, you know, you may have to reimagine the things that get you to your desk or get you to your work. Uh, the hooks that you've relied upon for much of your life of beating yourself up or making yourself feel bad when those are taken away. 
You may have to develop new hooks, new ways of being in relationship with yourself. But the way that it feels and the sustainability over the course of your life means that you are actually going to be capable of so much more. And not only that, but it's going to feel so much better to take action from that place, from that place of deeply relating to yourself, responding to the needs of your body, being led by your internal motivation. Now, does that mean we only do the things that we want to do? Nope. (laughs) There are plenty of things that are on my to-do list that I do not want to do, but I know that I need to do. And again, because I'm in relationship with myself, I want to take care of myself. Do I intrinsically want to go to the store and find the right batteries so that I can replace all the smoke detectors and make sure that they're all working today? I do not. But Am I going to do that to keep myself safe because I care for myself? Yeah, I am. And so, you know, when we turn this paradigm inside out and we start thinking about how we're in relationship with ourselves and how we can collaborate with ourselves to do the things that we want to do by asking things like, okay, you know, this is what's on the agenda. Is there a way to make that sustainable and kind? Is there a way to take action on that that is a little bit easier? You know, Anne Wynn last week asked us the question, how can I bring 5% more pleasure to whatever it is that I'm doing? You can use that even when you're doing tasks like, for example, going to the store to get batteries for your smoke detectors. It's like, can I listen to great music on the way? Can I get myself a fancy coffee when I'm there? Can I, I don't know, to have a dance party afterwards to celebrate the fact that I checked that thing off my to-do list that I was really dreading. So there are many, many, many ways to work with ourselves that don't include just continually beating ourselves up. But I think that part of the reason why we don't access them is that we don't know that we're allowed to. We don't know that we're allowed to be nice to ourselves. We don't know that it's possible to get things done while also being nice to ourselves. Or we're carrying that heavy belief that I mentioned at the beginning, that if I start accepting myself or start being kind to myself, that I might just completely fall apart. I might just stagnate here. I had a client recently who said to me, I walk by the couch every single day and I want to sit down on it, but I'm afraid that if I sit down on the couch, I'll never get up. I had another client say that they felt like they needed to cry, but they didn't want to cry because they knew that once they opened that door, they would be crying for the rest of the day. Those things that we avoid, those things that we tell ourselves that we don't have time for, even as we ache for them. We have to figure out how to take action in our lives and also give ourselves the five minutes on the couch, the cry, the movement, the five minutes in sunshine, the peace and quiet, you know, whatever it is that we're aching for. We have to figure out how to do both things. And part of that is going to look like saying no, setting boundaries, And a lot of that's going to look like saying no to yourself. A lot of that's going to look like 
working with yourself to create boundaries around what you are prioritizing right now. Because in this life, you can do anything. Look, you can do anything, but you cannot do everything. And you certainly cannot do everything all at the same time. So part of this work of reimagining how we get things done has to do with getting super clear around what it is that we're prioritizing because otherwise we're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we're, you know, spread super thin and we're never actually getting anywhere. We're never actually completing anything. So we don't see ourselves as a quote unquote doer of things. We see ourselves as a person who messes around a little bit, but never quite gets anything done. And that's not inspiring. It's not empowering. Thinking about myself that way doesn't make me feel confident in my ability to follow through. So the more that we're able to make priorities for ourselves that are in alignment with what we really want, with how we want to be living, with what we're capable of, and learn how to take action each day from that space of who and how am I today? Am I tired? My day might look a little bit different. Am I dehydrated? Got to make sure to get water over the course of the day. Am I feeling really anxious? Well, what can I do to attend to those needs while also showing up for what matters to me? This is the both and because you have a lot of things that you want to do, but pushing yourself forward and pretending like you are able to do everything and holding yourself accountable to like your number one best day over the course of the year is doing yourself such a disservice because it doesn't take into account the fact that first of all, none of us are going to be at our absolute best all of the time. None of us are capable of working 24, seven, 365 days a year. All of us are impacted by the seasons, by the moon cycles, by our own personal cycle inside of our body wherever it is that we are in that, we are impacted. We're impacted by the news. We are impacted, if you're here in the States, by the election, upcoming election. We are impacted by the pandemic. We are impacted, not because we're weak or because there's something wrong with us, but because we are human and humans have feelings. You know, you're not a lemon. Your body's working exactly as it should. And so what, what now, right? What then do you just throw in the bag and say too human for the world? Well, you might do that sometimes, but you're a human who also has things that you want to do things that you were put on this planet to do things that only you can do. So I have a vested interest in helping you do those things in a way that is (laughs) anti-hustle and (laughs) enables you to feel as good as possible doing it. And it's going to look different for all of us where one of us might be genuinely happy doing about a 10th of what they're doing now. 
There are others of us who have a greater appetite, not because the world tells us that we need to be successful or it needs to look like this or like that, but because we're just voracious in what we want to create and how we want to make things happen in the world. Neither one of those is better or worse. Each and every one of us has our own unique makeup of things we want to do, of what brings us joy, of how we work best. And so part of working with yourself, part of really accepting yourself is looking around and seeing what you're working with. Okay, this is me. Nothing here is inherently good or bad. It just is, right? It just is. This is what I'm working with. So if I want to take action, I got, this is the context. This is the body that I have. This is the life that I have right now. This is what I'm working with. So how can I move forward with, with all of this in mind? What's that going to look like? What's a humane way of taking action for me in particular right now at this point in my life? And none of that, none of that is like you stagnating into a state of oblivion because you can't trust yourself. But if you stop beating yourself up, you're never going to get anything done. I want to posit that it'll be the exact opposite. That when you stop beating yourself up and you start cultivating a true sense of safety in your relationship with yourself, that you're going to feel better every day that you're going to feel safer and more held and seen and appreciated just within your relationship with yourself every day. And that's going to feel really good. And that is possible for you, no matter where you've been or what you got going on. All right, my loves, it has been wonderful talking to you today. I so appreciate you. Um, if you want to dig into more of this with me, this topic in particular, I will be running a uh, live version of my to-do list makeover workshop. It's coming at the beginning of November, November 7th. It's a Saturday. And, uh, if you sign up, you get the recordings and all that loveliness. It's super fun. And if, especially if you're listening to this recording being like, yeah, I want some of that, but how, um, I will teach you how I would love to teach you how this is some of my favorite stuff too talk about and work on. And it would be a pleasure to support you. And if not, um, I hope you take a moment today to really just think about, okay, what do I need? And how can I weave that into the day that I have planned the day that I have scheduled? How can I bring a little bit? What is doable for me to get those needs met today and start there? It will make a difference. Just that will make a difference. I promise. Thanks for listening to the Needy Podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you'd like my support in learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to theneedypodcast.com to sign yourself up for Revive, a gorgeously free five-day course chock full of real self-care and daily tending. 
If you love today's episode, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you.